On Racing HQ, Monday's Experts, studying the form of racing's characters. Monday's Experts, hey, they've always got the good oil. Pity you can't put a bet on at the finish of a race. G'day and welcome to Monday's Experts, uh, an opportunity on this little segment every Monday here on Sky Sports Radio where we can talk to participants of racing in New South Wales and find out a little bit about the story behind their name. And I'm looking forward to this next yarn. Uh, we regularly have this gentleman on. He's a trainer. He now trains in Scone. We're always talking about his horses and the chances and helping out the punters. But what a ride he's been on and what a ride he's continuing on. His name is Luke Pepper. He now trains in Scone. And he's on the line. G'day, Luke. Good morning, mate. How are you? Oh, I'm well, mate. I'm well. I'm looking forward to this next little bit. Uh, delving into your story, mate. First off, how are you today? You well? Yeah, well, mate. Just um, in the truck headed to Penworth. Uh, got a runner in the second race there today, so I'm um, looking forward to it. All right, mate. Well, hopefully, Mother... Hopefully, I was going to say Mother Nature. Hopefully, our, our mates at Telstra can make sure that we give you a reception the whole way, mate. Uh, let's start with your story. Where did you grow up, mate? Where was Luke Pepper born? Mate, I was born in Sydney, but um, grew up mostly on the south coast at um, Maria. Um, yeah, went down there when I was younger. And, uh, yeah, grew up on the south coast, which is a beautiful spot to grow up, that's for sure. And growing up, mate, uh, in the Pepper household, uh, was racing around, or was it something that you just caught the bug of? Look, my father's a big punter. He loves the punt, that old man, and um, used to go to the races with him a lot, and uh, my uncle, um, Uncle Uncle Bodge, he, um, he was into the trotters, so we used to head over to Bankstown and that when I was really young and see the trotters there, and um, yeah, that sort of caught the bug, and I actually, we're from a family of footballers, and I played a lot of football, but um, I said to my parents, one day I want to learn to ride a horse, and, which is one from left field, obviously, and um, yeah, I went to a riding school and learned to ride from there. Yeah, because you went to Pony Club. Let's touch on the footy, though, um, because who did you play for? And you were quite good at your football. Yeah, I played, played up in Sydney as a young um, boy for the brothers, um, North Sydney Junior Club, um, and then moved down to the South Coast and played for the Maria Sharks. So, yeah, I loved, loved me football, loved me touch football, played a lot of rep touch footy. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, sort of do miss the touch football now, but uh, getting a bit old for it, I reckon. <laughs> Mate, what about uh, you know that time you first went to Pony Club? So you you're there with the folks, and you say, right, I'm, I wouldn't mind getting involved. Um, were they were they keen, or were they thinking, geez, this is going to cost us a stack? Yeah, I don't think they realised how much it was going to cost them at the time. But um, yeah, got right into the sort of Pony Club and um, sort of uh, really concentrated on show jumping, which we had a little bit of success with, and sort of made a few sort of. Um, New South Wales rep teams and stuff like that. Um, but then all of a sudden I had to start paying for them. So I started figuring out <laughs> how to pay for the horses and um, got into uh, working at Marengo Stud down the south coast. And um, sort of that's when the thoroughbred sort of industry kicked off with me. So what turn, when did you start at Marengo Stud? Because obviously, you know, this time you're still doing school. Um, you know, was this, did, you, did you leave school early to go and work at the stud? Yeah, I left school quite early. I was um, just over 15 when I left school. I wasn't much good at school. And, um, yeah, Dad sort of ripped me out of school and said, well, horses are going to be your thing. And started at Marengo, started at a pretty young age. And, um, yeah, learned a, learned a hell of a lot there on the start side of things. And, um, 
yeah, really enjoyed that part of it. Um, but then sort of ventured into the racing side of things. What was it like working with horses for the first time? Because I know you did a bit of picnic jockeying as well, um, and you sort of gave that away, and you, you're, at the, you're at the start. What was it about the animal that you loved? Oh, look, mate, it's probably one thing I've just been, you know, lucky enough to be, uh, have a love of, love of the horse the whole way through, and, um, you know, from Pony Club days to now, I just, I just love the animal, and um, they, um, you know, it's, They certainly will. Do you like the ones that are a little bit difficult to work with, that you can sort of, you know, iron out the creases? Yeah, well, I guess, you know, a lot of my training career has been with tried horses. Um, you know, the whole way through, I've, you know, I've had sort of horses, you know, that have been elsewhere and had to learn sort of, you know, how to train them and, you know, put them into my system. And, you know, we've had a lot of success over the years with a few tried horses that, I do a lot of mares for stud that are bought, obviously, to head the stud in the season, and they all come from different trainers all over the place, you know, and, you know, we've sort of got to figure out their, their little quirks and what, try to get try to get the best out of them, whether that's at the picnics or the professionals. Um, we try to, you know, place them where they can sort of win a race. Very much the case. We're chatting this morning with Luke Pepper on Monday's Experts. Luke, after Marengo stud, you, uh, you met Barbara Joseph. And that really started your training journey. What was that like meeting Barb? And then also, what was it like sort of working for her? Yeah, it was amazing, mate. You know, it was a, a real family feel there. You know, they still like family to me. To, you know, even to this day. Um, yeah, I was, a, you know, I think I was just 16, nearly 17 and pretty raw. And I'd never ridden a racehorse before. And Barb said to me, you know, um, can you ride a racehorse? And I said, oh, I don't know. And, I knew I could ride a little bit. And, um, thought I think the first day I rode two horses and the next day I rode ten. So she she threw me in the deep end. I had to learn pretty quick. But um, yeah, no, that's where I sort of learned all my sort of track work. I got to ride, you know, some really nice horses for Barb over the years. She had some great open handicappers. And, um, you know, obviously we had 18 nothing too, which obviously running a Caulfield Cup and a Melbourne Cup. I think two Caulfield Cups and got to travel with her and that's sort of when I sort of opened my eyes up to racing, going to the carnivals and seeing all the good horses, the good trainers and, um, you know, sort of, you know, really, that's what I really wanted to do was sort of take on the training side of things. With, um, obviously, working with Barb and obviously then down there, uh, you were stable foreman as well for Nick Olive and then you go out on your own. Yep. I mean... <laughs> What did you? What do you take away from these sort of people? Because I, look, we have. I love. I love Nick. I love Barb. And one thing, I think you hit the nail on the head there with family. Is like they treat you as one of their own. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, once you're with Barb, you're one of the family. She, she calls me a son. So I yeah. call my mum. So she's um, yeah, she's been like a second mum to me over the years. And Pete too. We, you know, and the boys. They're always um, you know been very close and. Um, you know, still to this day, you know, we still talk regularly and, uh, you know, always keep an eye on their horses and they do the same about mine. So, and Nick goes the same. He was foreman at Bath at the time and when he decided to go out on his own, you know, he had six horses and Nico asked me if I wanted to sort of go with him and um, I decided to do that. We started with 
six horses, and that's all we had. And I think we won the premiership that year in Canberra, which was an amazing feat. And um, you know, we had a lot of luck as well. So uh, yeah, no, it was good times back then. And like I said, they're still family to me now. Now, what about the biggest part of the story? And I, I learnt this about you when I started racing HQ, and I think we had a yarn about it down at Wagga. Uh, we'd had a few jars, so we didn't sort of, you know, dive right into it. But this takeover target story you've got, mate, this is something you'll just go to the grave with and be so wrapped that you were a part of. And we're chatting with Luke Pepper this morning here on Monday's Experts. Luke, tell us about the first time you sat on uh, takeover target. Yeah, so I was in Melbourne with Ain't Seen Nothing. Um, she was running in the Melbourne Cup, and he he come down. Um, obviously, I think he won the Ramorny. He was sort of, you know, the country galloper on the up, and um, they brought him down for the Challenger, and he, um, he was able to win the Group 1, and um, his first Group 1, and which was just an amazing, amazing day all around. And, um, yeah, when he come back after that, I was, Approached by Joe and Ben, his son, if Bob was um, keen to write him track work. And obviously I said, yeah, no, I would love to. And um, at the time I was working full-time for Nick Olive and, you know, they, they were at Queanbeyan and they actually brought the horse over to Canberra so I could ride him every day. And I was lucky enough to, yeah, just um, be, be sort of work rider from there on in. Um, got a few overseas trips with him, went to Japan and, and Hong Kong and... Um, yeah, rode him most of his work when he was in Australia before he head over to um, England and that. So, wow. um, yeah, great times, mate, just to be a part of a horse like him. Um, you know, I've always said if I could ever throw a leg over another one like him and it'd be in my name, it'd be unbelievable. But oh, mate. had a very slim, but... Um, well, what, was he, yeah. what, was he, what was he like to, to, to gallop on? Yeah, look, early, door, early doors, he was a bit of a handful. You can ask Joe, I think he give him a few taps on the head with his front feet, cut his head open a few times, and um, he was a bit of a handful early doors, but once he started travelling, he, he probably had more frequent fly points than most human beings. He went <laughs> around the world a few times, and um, yeah, he was beautiful. He was, um, you know, I guess when people talk about good horses, they just know their job, and they thrive on um, the big days, and that's what he done, you know, he... Um, just he was just an animal on race day, and he loved it. You know, he, he, you know, especially you know, a couple of times when I galloped him, and you know, especially in Japan, there was a big crowd there at the final gallops, and a lot of media, and that he'd, he'd just pull up and stop and have a look at him, and he, he, he knew he knew who he was, and you know, he was just, um, you know, he can't explain what it was like sitting on him. You know, it was like sitting on a dead aeroplane. You know, I remember in Japan. Last gallop, he was a bit heavy, and he only had the one run um, in Japan, and he met a wet track. And Joe was a bit worried that he was carrying a bit of condition. I wanted him to have a good hit out. I galloped him, and Joe said to me, um, "Oh, you didn't give him too much of a squeeze." And I said, "Joe, there was only one more thing he was going to do was either take off, yeah, on that quick." Um, I said, "They don't go any quicker than that." And then the, all the Japanese people come down with the, the clock. Until he broke their clock that morning, and they they couldn't believe how fast he went. And, you know, they had horses like Silent Witness over there at that yeah. time, and um, you know, he, you know, he was able to beat. You know, at the time with the world's best sprinter, which was Silent Witness, and he was able to beat him, beat him convincingly. 
The one thing, too, I love, and we're chatting with Luke Pepper this morning on, on Monday's Experts, is that, um, and what I'm resonating with, is that you, the, where you've come from, where Joe's come from, where Jay's come from, the sons, and the fact that you all got to experience that. There's no no silver spoon, mate. Uh, it wasn't handed to you blokes on a platter, and that's what I love. And you've got to travel the world and take on these blokes with millions of dollars and all this sort of stuff, and you've just kicked their kicked their bums. Yeah, it was um, a group of, group of Aussie, true Aussie battlers, mate. And, yeah. Um, you know, none of us have been, been or done anything like it, so we're all, all a bit green, green on the trip, but... Um, we learned as we went along, and um, you know, look, when you got a horse like that, he, he basically does it himself. You know, we 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 done everything right and had him healthy and well. He was always going to produce on race days, so um, you know, Jay and you know, still best mates with Jay to this day, and you know, it was the the time in our lives we'll never forget. That's for sure. Certainly won't be, uh, Luke Pepper. What about um, the part? Just the party. That's what I want to ask you about because, mate, you all you blokes together after you win in Japan, after you win all these places, you must have just let rip. Yeah, no. Look, Joe, Joe's known to love a drink, and um, yeah, we, we definitely uh, we definitely celebrated, mate. There's one thing <laughs> and, um, you know, you got to make the most of the highs, and um, we had plenty of highs for that horse. We made the most of them. Uh, Luke Pepper, what about when you uh, go out on your own? Um, uh, this is uh, obviously was a you know a big decision for you. What what was it like training under your own name for the first time? Yeah, mate, it was, you know, it was probably the next step. I um, had a couple of horses in work and just decided to get my own trainer's license. And um, yeah, look, it wasn't easy. It never is in this game. Nothing's easy. You've got to work for it. And, um, you know we. We're lucky enough that um, we were able to get a couple of half-decent horses to kick me off. I became my first city winner, a horse called Panderell, and, you know, I had three horses in work and, um, uh, you know, won a couple of country cups and that. And um, I decided to move back to Maria from Canberra and train out of Maria. Just, um, you know, it was a bit easier on me down there and a lot of friends and that. So I moved back to Maria and uh, started... Started down there and sort of started building a stable and we were, you know, very successful for a small stable, winning a lot of country cups and, um, you know, won the local cup a few years in a row and, yeah, bigger cups and all of that. So, yeah, then it sort of, um, sort of started to get a bit bigger and the, sort of the travel was getting a bit too much out of Maria. So, decided to move back to Canberra and um, sort of went from there again and, um, yeah, it's been, it's been a great ride. It's, I've had Keith Dryden on this program and a number of other Canberra trainers, and we know, obviously, what was happening there in Canberra. It was just, from a business point of view, um, you were just getting, you know, getting stuffed. Uh, so you've obviously made the decision. You've gone up to Scone. What's it like training up there at Scone, mate? Because you're in some hot property, and you're a cheeky bugger yourself, so I reckon you'll fit in right uh, with the boys up there. There's always a bit of banter around that Scone trainer's hut. Yeah, plenty of banter up here, mate. But, um, look, lucky enough, I know hell of a lot of them you know, before I moved up here, and obviously some really great country trainers and very competitive market. Uh, but, look, I think it was that point now, and especially the way Canberra was going, 
um, financially it just wasn't sustainable there anymore and I had to make the move and me and my partner Tani just um, you know we done a lot of research and just going to come out on top all the time and um, um, you know I had to um, you know had to wait and be very patient to sort of um, get stables up here but I was lucky enough to acquire stables and um, we've you know, we moved up. It was a very big move, and um, but um, yeah, very excited for the future. That's for sure. Luke Pepper, we're chatting with this morning on Monday's Experts. Luke, what about this Kosciuszko? Uh, we've obviously, you know, we're, we're doing a bit of a tour around New South Wales. We're, we're not going to get to Scone this year. We've been plenty of years before that, but we're still going to showcase some potential prospects. Have you? Do you believe you've got a horse maybe this year that you'd like to put your hand up for a Kosciuszko if someone wanted to select it? Yeah, I guess Opal Ridge is probably, you know, one that could possibly be an Ozzy Osco horse. Look, she's um, three-year-old Billy with um, a ton of ability and, um, you know, she had no luck in the group two the other day um, from a bad barrier. But, look, we've kept all options open um, with her. We're just sort of enjoying the ride and, um, yeah, really um, sort of looking forward to Saturday. She'll head around in the Furious on Saturday, another group two, and um, hopefully um, we get get some luck with a barrier and, um, you know, she performs. But the Kosciuszko is definitely sort of not out of the question for her. Um, I think she sort of got similar profile to It's Me, um, obviously come out and won a Kosciuszko, so three-year-old filly that's um, sort of on the up and, um, you know, it, it could be a possibility for her. It's exciting. Uh, you've got a number of owners as well. I see the up-up Cronulla and Opal Ridge, and that's probably the biggest thing that, you know, when you made this move from Cambria, you still need those owners to support you. Yeah, look, mate, when I um, put out the media release and I contacted the owners on my on my move to Scone, I, you know, I was prepared for, you know, a few owners to sort of, you know, want to stay local in Canberra and that, but um, I didn't have one owner pull out on me, so, you know, I'm very thankful for that, and, um, was able to give us a good start up here at Stone. And, um, yeah, look, we, we, look, I've never been a trainer. I want a massive stable. I've, I've never wanted that. You know, I still ride a you know, majority of my work, and I really enjoy that part of it. And I like having, you know, personal touch with every horse. And um, I just sort of want to build a more of a quality stable instead of a quantity stable, that's for sure. That's always been my plan coming to Stone, and hopefully we can do that. Well, I reckon you're certainly on the right track, mate. Uh, that's for sure. Luke Pepper this morning has been my is my uh, Monday's experts guest. Luke, what about for the future? When what are some of the things you want to achieve as a trainer? Oh, look, mate, I just I really just like I said, I really want to build a quality stable that I can you know be competitive in Sydney. You know, we can do that from Scone. We're only sort of three three and a half hours from each track in, in Sydney, and it's a great training facility up here. We've got everything we need. Very relaxed atmosphere
I love it, mate. I love it. Um, Opal Ridge, possibly for a Kosciuszko. What about this horse today? For those for those listening on the podcast, um, apologies if this does lob or, or get some success. But for those that are listening live on Sky Sports Radio now, you've got that horse in the second race, big time Charlie. Are you expecting a, a good run? Yeah, look, he's been a late mature, this horse. Still a bit due to it all, but... Uh... Look, he, he, hit, he hit a very heavy track here at Tenway's last start and never went a yard in it. He just wasn't the same horse. He ran a really good race first up and second, and he ran a pretty solid race and a tough race at uh, Musselbrook. And I was pretty happy with him leading into his last run, but unfortunately the rain came and he just never went a yard in it. And um, the race was called off after his race, actually. So the track was, you know, in a pretty bad way. And, so back on top of the ground today, I think we should um, definitely see improvement out of his last run. Um, he's drawn a bit awkward, but he's, you know, I think there's a bit of speed to have source for the roll forward. So look, if he can get a nice run from a pretty awkward barrier today, I, you know, I expect him to run really well. Well, I hope it does. And you've been using Anaropa a lot, mate, uh, a young jockey coming through. You've always supported these young hoops. I know you did a lot in Canberra. Um, you know, that's the only way they'll learn, mate, and, and they can go on and, and definitely create success for themselves. Yeah, look, I think, you know, the way the race system is these days, if you've got a, if you've got, if you've got a really good kid that can take three, three or you know, kilos off their back, geez, it's, it's a big help, you know, and, and get to fill these horses up at the weights back into the race um, with, a, with a good kid, so... Yeah, I spotted Anna when she had her first ride at Gundagai. Um, she she rode the you know first ride was the winner, and I was sitting at home in Canberra, and I just was watching the race. I thought, gee, that kid rode well, and not knowing it was her first ever ride in a race, and you know I sort of zoned straight in on her, and um, I actually uh, dragged her down to the Walker Carnival, which was a you know she I think she only had four or five rides at the time, with as you know it's a Pretty big carnival wagger, and it's a big day, and a lot of people. And you know, it was a, you know, we threw her in the deep end a bit, and um, we needed a needed three kilos on a horse called Unique, and you know, she just rode it so well, and got beat a whisker, and she's done everything to win on him. And from that moment on, I, you know, I thought, geez, we're going to have a lot of fun with her, and and we we have. She's rode a heap of winners for me, and just a really good kid, and just very natural. You know, it's this stuff you can't can't teach, you know, young kids there's it's something they've got and she's got it, you know. So um, she's got a big future and, um, you know, just excited to watch where she ends up. Very, very good chat this morning, mate. Uh, before I let you go, a couple of things. First off, what's your best moment at the races you've ever had? Um, look, probably, I think this ready myself, meeting in my first Saturday meeting, um, you know, that was a big thrill. She was, um, you know, a very nice mare. And for her to come out and win like she did um, on a sad day was a massive day for me. Um, but I, I reckon when TakeOver won in Japan, mate, um, yeah. it was um, something that I'll never forget. It was, um, yeah, it was a big day and, you know, you know, one of the biggest sprints in the world and part of the Global Sprint Challenge. And it was just a... Um, Massive effort by everybody involved, and um, yeah, friends are you know beating beating easy. You know some of the best sprinters you know in the world. It was um, something I'll never forget. And last but not least, what would you say to 
a young Luke Pepper right now if you saw him? What would you say to him about life? Um, work hard, you know. It's probably the um, probably the best thing he's raced. You know, there's no way around it. The harder you work, you race, and the, the more results you'll get. Um, there's no shortcuts, um, especially now the way you know racing is. You know, every week we're we're facing some of the biggest trainers in Australia and biggest you know stables in the world. You know, at, at you know country meets, so. You can't leave any stone unturned, and you've got to, you know, you just got to really work hard. And I think that's, you know, you know the best thing I've learned in racing. You know, the harder you work, the better the results. So um, I think that's probably the best part I've learned, that's for sure. Sensational to chat with you this morning, mate. Uh, well done on what you've achieved, the ride you've been on. I love, too, how you've never forgotten where you're from. I think that's a really big thing. Resonates with me a lot um, because sometimes you. You get blokes or people that uh, they forget about exactly where they've come from, and uh, you've never you've never done that, mate. So good luck today at uh, Tamworth, and good luck with this new stable set up at Sky, mate. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, mate. Much appreciated. Have a good day. You too, mate. Uh, Luke Pepper has been our chat this morning on Monday's Experts. What a ride! Just imagine that being with the Takeover Target team over there in Japan. And then uh, what Luke has achieved also uh, under his own name as a trainer. It's exciting there. He's up there in horse heaven at Scone and uh, looking forward to seeing what that stable can do and whether Opal Ridge might be a horse that's selected in the Kosciuszko.